with Patrick Bailey, Luis Matos, Casey Schmidt, and others. The youth movement is well underway in San Francisco. Oh, and you've got top prospect Kyle Harrison in AAA, and he will be joined by who many consider their other top prospect, Marco Luciano, who was just promoted to AAA. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already. Download the GameTime app also. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And coming up on today's show, we're going to get into Marco Luciano being promoted to AAA. An exciting day, a long-anticipated day for Giants fans. We're also going to discuss this game that the Giants were playing and it got uh, suspended. And so we're going to resume that game in a huge moment in this game against the Reds and then another game afterwards. And also an insane Shohei Otani trade proposal by a former general manager uh, involving the Giants. So you're not going to want to miss that as well. But the the lead here is Marco Luciano, the 21-year-old out of the Dominican Republic who signed many years ago as an international free agent, and we've been waiting a long time. He made his professional debut in 2019, and he's long been considered by many like their top prospect or their number two prospect, and you know, evaluations or like rankings and all that vary from publication to publication. Some have Luis Matos as a better prospect. Some have Kyle Harrison. It doesn't none of that matters. What matters is that Luciano is a talent. He's 21 years old. He's been in double A and in double A he's, he's come around. He had a slow start there, but over the last, you know, the overall numbers, let me just give you the overall numbers and, and keep in mind before I get into them, that this is a tough league for offense. And so you're not going to be impressed by the 228 batting average, but when you have a 228 batting average and a 339 on base percentage, which is a very healthy number, that means you're walking a lot. And sure enough, he has a 14.9% walk rate in 56 games. So that's 242 plate appearances and 36 walks. That's a robust number there. And it reminds me in this respect of Matos to some degree, because even like at the major league level, one of the most impressive things that I'm seeing from Luis Matos is his ability to just spit on pitches out of the zone. And what that means is take them. He doesn't even consider most of the time when there's any pitch out of the strike zone, he's not even tempted to swing at it. And that's huge. And for a 21-year-old kid with the contact skills that he has, 
it's very exciting. If he was chasing, I mean, we've seen what someone who chases too much can kind of look like with Casey Schmidt. And for Matos, he's just, and he used to be a free swinger. And now he's suddenly kind of not. He, he, he like learned it. And it's one of his most impressive attributes. And for Luciano, word is on the street. I haven't watched him a ton this year in double A, but the walk rate shows this. And also from what we've heard anecdotally, from people who have watched him is that he's doing the same thing where he's just not tempted to chase pitches out of the zone and that the at-bat quality is really, really good. And he's just easily taking these pitches and, and that on base percentage and that walk rate backs that up. He also has a 450 slugging, which is slugging is influenced by batting average because I've said this a million times, but if you have a 400 batting average and a hundred percent of your hits are singles you're gonna have a 400 slugging whereas if you have a 200 batting average and a hundred percent of your hits are singles you're gonna have a 200 slugging both of these players have the same kind of power output which is to say none at all only their only hits are singles but the slugging percentages are 200 and 400 and so the real kind of indicator of extra base power is when you take slugging percentage and you subtract batting average. And so the fact that he manages a 450 slugging, despite a relatively low 228 batting average, indicates that there's been a lot of power there. And it's a 223 isolated power. That's what we call that, uh, the number there when we subtract slugging minus average. And so he's hit 11 home runs and he has 12 doubles, no triples, in, again, 242 plate appearances. And also, the word is on the street, I haven't seen him much, that he's held his own at shortstop. Some have asked me when I've talked about the future of the shortstop position, and I'm kind of like, they don't have an obvious answer for next year, about Luciano. And I've just always assumed he's going to have to move off shortstop, but he still hasn't. And the word is that he's done a good job there. Many scouts have kind of thought that he was going to eventually have to move off short. And that still may be the case. I'd have to kind of see him take regular reps there to give my personal assessment. I mean, I've seen him from time to time, but I don't watch every single game. And I think that, you know, every single double A game. And if he comes to the majors and we see him at short, then I'll give my assessment. But yeah, so the fact that he goes to triple A means he's one, one call away. And I mean, Luis Matos spent a little while in AAA. Casey Schmidt spent almost no time in AAA. And so this guy has put himself in line for a promotion to the major leagues in 2023. And suddenly, I mean, he he's going to turn 22 in September. The guy was born on September 10th, 2001. And... If he debuts before that, you could legitimately see the Giants with two 21-year-old position players who are considered good prospects in Matos and Luciano. You've also got, of course, Patrick Bailey doing what he's doing. You've got uh, Casey Schmidt. Tristan Beck has been a good rookie. Ryan Ryan Walker and then Kyle Harrison, Farhan Zaidi has said, is likely to debut at some point this year. And so all of a sudden, and I said this before the season, people were down on the farm at the exact wrong time coming into the season because these guys were finally going to show up. And I think that they were being underrated by kind of farm system publications and and such. And so anyway, the promotion of Luciano to AAA is, is a very exciting thing. And AAA is a more hitter-friendly environment. So if he can just go to AAA and continue to hit well 
the numbers will be robust looking if he's above average for the league. <clears throat> and uh, then he could definitely earn himself a promotion in the not too distant future. And like I said, the shortstop position going into next year, Crawford is a free agent. And so, you know, finding out what you have in Luciano, they also are kind of currently lacking some second base depth and Schmidt and Brett Wisely haven't necessarily like seized hold of a role there. Schmidt defensively, yes, but at the plate has just been scuffling big time for the most part. So there's opportunity for the future at shortstop and currently this year. I mean, even Crawford, like he's just you know, probably a platoon player at this point. The, even against right-handed pitching, he struggled. And so certainly against left-handed pitching, there's an opportunity for a right-handed hitter to seize a role there. And Casey Schmidt's done a fine job defensively, good job defensively. But yeah, I think the bat, it, Marco Luciano has, I don't want to say more potential, but I think he's considered probably more likely to be potentially an impact player than Casey Schmidt, at least at the plate. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, we're going to turn our attention to the game that's like hanging in the balance in limbo. J.D. Davis going to step to the plate with a huge opportunity in front of him and for the Giants uh, this afternoon against the Reds. So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event, whether it's the Giants or a concert or comedy or theater or whatever, it shouldn't have to be so stressful. And for me, it always has been in the past, particularly when I'm thinking about what is the best time to buy the tickets. I don't know about you, but... I think to myself, should I buy them months in advance? Should I wait until the last minute? Is it somewhere in between? And also, not knowing what the what the view is like from the seat, if you're going to a new venue, and all of those fears are put to rest with game time because they have images of seat views, and most importantly to me, the lowest price guarantee. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you not just 100%, but 110% of the difference. So snag those tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. And redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, as promised, JD Davis is in the middle. Well, he hasn't started the at bat, but his at bat, his, his, uh, he is about to take an at bat that is going to probably decide this game against the Reds that was suspended due to rain. And if he comes through, Giants are likely to win. And this is a big kind of moment in the season, I think, for the Giants, especially with the trade deadline coming up and all that. And the Giants have a chance to get to get some separation on these other teams that are near them, as some of these other teams in the race are scuffling right now. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to be breaking down the result of two baseball games. The Giants finishing this game one that was suspended due to rain and then in game two it's going to be Anthony DiSclafani coming off the injured list and starting against Luke Weaver who's struggled big time this year and so like I said the Giants can take advantage the Giants play the Reds 
today at 2.40 Pacific, the resumption, and then also game two gets underway at 4.10 Pacific, and so a lot of baseball this afternoon. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So yes, when this game one resumes, it's going to be second and third, one out with J.D. Davis at the plate in the top of the eighth inning. Now, I don't know if the pitching change that David Bell was trying to make went through because when I look on MLB dot com it says that alex young the left-handed pitcher is still pitching and so it seems to me that that pitching change didn't go through which is significant i don't actually know that they never said like who he was trying to bring in but i would imagine that you're gonna see potentially the reds closer alexis diaz who's nasty and good and so for jd davis i've talked a lot recently about the giants seemingly having a lot of issues on in-zone contact. And really, J.D. Davis is the main guy for me who's had that kind of come up in the last two, three weeks, where suddenly he's just swinging and missing a lot at pitches in the strike zone. And so that is going to be a key to this at-bat that is going to be key in deciding this game, which is going to potentially be key in where the Giants go in the standings. Because... Like I said, I think that this is an important moment in the season for gaining some separation because the teams around them continue to lose. And so, for example, the Marlins, the Marlins did play. I think they were like the only team that played that was, well, the Dodgers also played. And unfortunately, they had a big comeback win against the Orioles. But the Marlins have lost four straight. The D-backs have lost four straight. The Reds have lost four straight. And the Giants have won five straight. And so they've gained four games in the last four days against these uh, three teams, all of whom are in that race. And so that is major. The Padres have also lost three straight. So the Giants have gained a lot of ground in the since the All-Star break, really. And they have an opportunity here with second and third, one out to, you know, a single gives them a a two-run lead and a sack fly even gives them a one-run lead with a rested bullpen who didn't have to pitch at all yesterday because Logan Webb went all seven innings that were played on defense by the Giants. Gave up two solo homers. Giants themselves had two solo homers, and that's the only scoring. And so for J.D. Davis, it'll be important to make contact, but of course the infield will be in, and so... A ground ball, as we saw, Michael Conforto came up with second and third, nobody out just before the rain delay, and he hit a ground ball, and it didn't score the run. And so making contact in the air over the infield or through the infield uh, will be significant here. And so he's got to not swing and miss on pitches in the zone. And one thing I want to emphasize, though, is that this situation, it's something that, you know, there's always like... There's kind of like a like a new school, old school debate about this kind of situation. And I think that a lot of the old school thinking is like that the new school kind of launch angle strikeout prone player doesn't know how to come through in this kind of situation. And that's just not true. Historically, when you have a runner on third with less than two outs, somebody looked at this on Twitter recently. And it's been 
consistent decade by decade. They started in 2023 and then looked at 2013, uh, 2003, 1993, 83, 73, going way back. And it's consistently been you only score that guy about 50% of the time. And so we're always seeing like, you just have to score this run. You have to put the ball in play. And it's true. I mean, you really want the runs when they're there for you. But it, I think it would do wonders for us mentally if we could just understand runner on third, less than two outs, any particular kind of at bat, that hitter is going to fail to score that run half the time. And so sometimes you get them in, sometimes you don't. And the Giants, they're not some outlier here where they like fail more than other teams. Uh, I haven't actually looked in 2023. We did look at this last year and they were maybe a little bit worse than average, but it wasn't something major. And so, of course, some teams are going to be worse. Some teams are going to be better. But overall, it's about 50% of the time. And so already they had one opportunity with Conforto. He failed. Oh, well, it's a coin flip kind of. And then next hitter is going to be J.D. Davis. The downside is, unfortunately, the Reds get to pick whoever they want to bring in and they'll be fully rested. Although... It might be weird for that pitcher to kind of start this game, right? We've always heard that, uh, you know, openers, it's it's not for everyone. Like if you're a pitcher, sometimes you're just not comfortable with being a starter, even if it's like we just want you to pitch one inning. It's still weird and different. And so that could play into the Giants, uh, could play to their benefit with whoever comes in is effectively like starting this game today. And so... Anyway, just wanted to mention that and that the Giants have an opportunity with Luke Weaver starting the second game. I, I understand that Di Scofani is also going in this game, you know, for the Giants in game two and that he hasn't been great recently. But Luke Weaver, he's made 15 starts for the Reds this year and he has an ERA of seven. OK, and so the same thing happened again. In yesterday's game, the Giants kind of got shut down by a pitcher who hasn't had a lot of success. Yes, they hit two home runs against him, but that was it. No other runs. Although these, no, these run, these runners who are currently on base were not from that pitcher. So that pitcher had a, I'm blanking on his name, but the left-handed starter, he was better than normal for himself. And so for Luke Weaver, you've got to take advantage of a guy with an ERA of seven in 15 starts, allowing over two home runs per nine innings. And so get on base and also hit some long balls. That's going to be the key. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to, again, turn our attention rather dramatically to an absurd trade proposal. And so why does it matter if it's so absurd? Well, because a former general manager is the one who made it in a major publication uh, talking about the Giants and what it would take to get Otani. I'm going to explain why it's completely off the mark next. But before we do. All right, as promised, this Shohei Otani trade proposal that's completely off the mark made by a former major league general manager and published in a major sports publication. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, you know what's coming up tomorrow. Analyzing these two games. I mean, imagine if you lose them both. Huge momentum uh, squandered. I don't know if that, that didn't come out right. But imagine if you win them both. Like these, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like these games are really important. Especially, you've got second and third one out. You that 50-50 chance. Like if you don't come through, the Reds have all this momentum. If you do come through, you're just six outs away from winning a game. And so we'll be breaking that down and then 
can the Giants get to Luke Weaver in game two tomorrow? Giants play the Reds today at 2.40 and 4.10 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. And so, yes, let's get right into this trade proposal by, who is it? Jim Bowden? I don't even remember. Yeah, Jim Bowden, who is a former Major League General Manager, proposed that for the Giants to get Shohei Otani, it would cost Kyle Harrison, Marco Luciano, Luis Matos, Grant McRae, and Carson Wisenhunt. And so I just really strongly believe there's a lack of understanding by some. And it's surprising to me that a former former general manager has this lack of understanding. By the way, this was published in The Athletic. And the lack of understanding is that people see the name Shohei Otani and they're just like, it's going to take so much. Like it's just, he's, they just see the name and they think, well, Juan Soto costs this. And so Otani's better even than Juan Soto. So it's going to cost more. But what they're failing to take into account is that it is not at all the same between Otani and Soto when Soto was traded last year. Why is it not the same? Because Otani is a free agent come, you know, the end of the season. If you don't think about it, if you don't even make the playoffs, then it is truly a two. He only has, you know, we're well past the halfway point of the season. We've got about 70 games left or so, even less than that roughly 70 games and so that's all that he has in terms of club control and like the way to think about this logically is like imagine if it was one game imagine if it was just seven games of course the closer you get to the end of the team control the less you're going to give up imagine if you could have one game of Shohei Otani what would you give up not much because there's only so much you can do in one game. Now, if it's 70 games, yeah, he can make an impact, definitely. So you're going to give up something of value. But imagine like Juan Soto, you know, it's 300 or 400 games. That's what the Padres were getting from Juan Soto was about 400 games. I think I'm doing that math correctly, right? 162 times two, because those are two full seasons starting this year, 2023 and 2024. That's 324 games plus the 70 or 60 or so games that he had for the end of 2022, the second half of 2022. It's about 400 games. So Soto for 400 games versus Otani for 60 or 70, because it's like 70 now. But by the time July 31st, August 1st rolls around, it's going to be like 60 or fewer. And so major difference. And and for Soto, it cost a lot. I mean, they gave up uh, they gave up a lot of players, young players, kind of young major league players and a mix of some prospects as well but this is kind of a similar package to what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto you could argue that it's not as good or whatever but it's not that dissimilar to what the Padres gave up for Soto but it's insane for 400 games versus 70 games the team control so as great as Otani is I think it it helps logically to to think about this when I say, like, imagine if you just had one game or five games or ten games. You're obviously not going to give up Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Luis Matos, 
and other really intriguing players in Grant McRae and Carson Wisenhunt for like 10 days of Shohei Otani, as great as he is. The closer you get to the end, the less you're going to give up. And so for a rental, the precedent just isn't close to this. And so even for them to get Luis Matos would be kind of a significant get for the Angels because you're getting six years. That's, I mean, imagine 162 times six. You're getting a thousand games of Marco or of Luis Matos for 70 games of Otani. And so I think that if you just, if you told me it was just Luis Matos and some other kind of lesser known prospects, I think that that's closer to the mark than including Harrison and Luciano and Matos. It's just, it doesn't make any sense at all, actually. I think any one of those three would be a, would be the centerpiece and that you wouldn't, you would not see two of those three in a deal for a rental of Shohei Otani as great as he is. It's just not realistic. So the Giants would never do this. That's the thing. No, nobody needs to be scared that they would actually do this. I think there is some fear like, no, don't trade the farm for a rental and then, you know, all that. But it just wouldn't cost that much. I understand the Angels, they're not going to move him unless they're highly motivated to do so by a trade package. And so, I think for that reason, it may be that they don't ultimately move him. But that doesn't mean that a team is going to offer something like this. I just don't think it's at all feasible. And it's crazy to me, again, that a former Major League General Manager is thinking this. I think that he also just doesn't have a grasp of these players. He's probably maybe a little bit removed from the game in terms of analyzing prospects and all that. Because he also said that the Giants may not have the pieces to acquire Otani. And I think that that's also just kind of crazy given that it's a rental and that these players are valuable within the industry. Uh, I mean, Luis Matos doing what he's doing at 21 years old is a, is a significant piece. And then of course, high upside prospects like Harrison and Luciano are significant pieces as well. And so that's my take on that. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow, analyzing two games. Giants really in position to win them both right now, given they've got this situation in game one coming up, second and third one out, and then Luke Weaver going for the Reds in game two. Time to take advantage. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.